All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, today, we'll be talking about a career in software engineering. And here with me today, we have Jason Lowe, who is our new mentor. And he is currently a senior Android developer at Photobook Worldwide. So, Jason, can you please introduce yourself, you know, a little bit about your background and how you get to where you are today? Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Jason, as you know, Siting uh, so kindly introduced me. Um, I'm currently an Android developer in Photobook Worldwide, uh, also mentioned by Siting. Um, so how I, um, I guess I'll start on my career. So I first start with the more dry, boring part, and then I'll move on to uh, my personal um, stuff. Um, I started out as a as an intern in uh, mobile development in a company in Subang um, around 2016. I actually graduated as a um, as a bachelor's in software engineering, uh, specializing in games development. So I actually wanted to do games uh, development early on, but I pivoted into mobile development because. Um, I don't know. Um, I, it felt like the space was much more vibrant and you know, uh, challenging at the time. Hence, why I I moved into the space. Um, yeah, and I've been working for like almost six years at this point uh, in terms of experience as a uh, software developer. Uh, I've had you know um, experience with uh, mainly Android, but uh, I've done iOS. I've done Flutter. You know, a bit of web development here and there. But yeah, pretty much Android uh, to be. Honest. Um, so me as a as a person, you know, I'm a little bit uh by myself is um I well, I guess I'm a classical geek slash nerd. I play video games, I watch anime, you know, um, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, I'm also currently trying to do uh uh wall climbing, you know, top rope climbing, and uh, as well as uh, espresso making. So those are my two um latest infatuations so, yeah all right that's interesting uh, of course first you mentioned that you know you're quite a geeky person and then you turn out to be quite athletic right you do wall climbing and such so i guess you know developers can be very fun people as well <laughs> right you you'll be surprised um actually a lot of uh, developers are quite you know fit and you know very mm. active uh for example, I know people in uh, Superhands, uh, a company in Bangsa South. They are very active. If you look at their LinkedIn posts and everything, they go on like I think, uh, what white water rafting and all that wow. kind of stuff. They are very, yeah. Uh, we, you know the whole stereotype of you know the typical. <laughs> we not we are not people who sit in our mother's basement. You know, just uh, <laughs> in front of a monitor every yeah, day. Yeah, interesting. As you can see, I have I have sunlight here, so I'm not in a basement. Yeah, you're right. Well, wow, that's cool, right? Totally, honestly, yeah. I'll change my perspective a little bit, but that's cool. That's good. It's good to know. Um, so why don't you share about you know three things that you wish you knew before you actually started uh, learning programming? Um, to be honest, I got into programming. You know, I got into my course because I like games, right? Mm -hmm. That's hence why I went into games development. But uh, what I wish I knew before going in is that uh, I wish I had. Um, I had paid attention a bit more attention during class, um, because um, at the time in in uni classes are very dry, they're very boring. You know, to be very to be very frank, I slept through many of my classes um, because they're just very dry. Because nobody, 
uh, as a as a student, you, nobody cares about you know sorting algorithms and like you know uh trust trust uh shortest path and all that that that, that stuff. Um, but as you know, when I went into the real world, I realized you know uh maybe five percent of the time I actually needed that knowledge, and those five percent of the time, it is very important. I had that <laughs> knowledge, so having a foundation in um, computer science uh, and and paying attention in class was uh was good um not not to say that you need a degree you know uh, or i guess formal education to be a uh, software engineer because uh, a lot of the many of the world's best uh, software engineer isn't one of my colleague uh, from when i was working in japan um didn't have a bachelor's degree but he was a very good uh, software engineer mm-hmm. so i just wish i paid more attention though mm-hmm. in class uh, yeah. in, in the fundamentals of it mm-hmm. um and not take it for granted. Uh, and I guess also for me and for uh, especially fresh graduates, uh, not, not, not so much about, it's just not really related to programming, but I guess it's more like the field itself, like the software engineering field itself. Uh, I, soft skills are important. Uh, mm-hmm. We take that for granted or rather yeah. we don't even take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. But um, soft skills are important because you could be a superstar programmer, but if you don't, if you cannot work well with your team, then right. you just can't work well. And and, yeah. and it, it shows even in like, you know, uni- university uh, courseworks, right? Yeah. You have people that go MIA, you know, missing in action for an entire semester and turn well, up. they get what you mean, yeah. Right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm not, not, not to, not to uh, it's not a blanket statement, but, you know, that's not exactly, it doesn't exactly inspire confidence if you are that kind of a person. Right. So, um, so yeah, uh, I would say soft skills are really important uh, right. because at the end of the day, when you're writing software, when you're writing code, you're not really writing it for the computer. And, and people always uh, uh, mistake this. You're actually writing it for your fellow programmers to read, mm. you know? So, yeah. uh, you need to be kind when you write code. You need to be kind to your fellow colleagues. Empathetic, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I know you asked for three, but honestly, those are the two that I can really think of. Oh, okay. So, but yeah. Okay, that's good enough, right? Because I think like, uh, I mean, again, this is just my perspective because I always thought, you know, programmers are most of the time working alone, you know, coding, doing coding in their own space. Like no one is allowed to like disturb me so but I didn't know like okay it actually requires uh, communication skills and also somewhat teamwork as well um, when you communicate with your colleagues and such right okay that's interesting so um, let's say right if I came from a non-software engineering background let's say I came from marketing background um, and I and I wish to learn about programming because you know everything is just digitalized right now it seems like a very useful skills to to have what do you think is the most efficient way for me to learn programming? Okay, um, this is something I tell uh, people, a- a- anybody who, who is uh, getting into programming. And it's something that I should tell myself more whenever I want to learn something new. Mm-hmm. But um, you need to just do. Because I often see um, people being stuck in the, uh, what do you call this? The details of it all. Yeah. Right, they, they're like, oh, which language should I learn? Oh, should I do web development? Should I do mobile development? You know, do I do back end? Do I no? That they, they ask themselves a lot. Of this um, this doesn't really matter. Um, ask the question you should be asking yourself is, what do I want to build 
right? Why do I want to learn programming? Uh, mm. Usually it's you want to build something, you want to try to solve a problem. The problem could be doing a, you know, a to-do list, uh, an app for to-do. Um, yep. And that's totally fine. So just go ahead and do it. And uh, if you have a goal in mind and you set uh, yourself towards that goal, you can eventually learn how to get to that goal. It's like, okay, so I want to, let's say, let's say uh, you are somebody new who wants to learn how to build a mobile application. Or you want to do a mobile to-do app. So what's the first thing you do? Like, okay, um, what language should I learn to, to do mobile development? Uh, what tools do I need? Then, you know, you download, in the case of Android, you download Android Studio. You, you read up a bit on Java or Kotlin. Um, then after that, the next, the next thing is, oh, okay, how do I uh, build from my um, Android Studio, my editor, mm -hmm. into my device? How do I test my, my, my code and stuff like that? Uh, then, you know, Google. Google is your best friend. Honestly, as a software engineer, 90% of our job is just, we are expert Googlers. Honestly, our title shouldn't even be software engineers. We should just be expert Googlers because okay. most of the time, we just Google solution. Mm. Yeah, of course, I'm not trying to trivialize the, um, the software engineering field, but you need to ask the right questions. Um, mm. and, and there is no better way for you to get started uh, by just just start doing, just, just, just get your, your, your feet wet and just start doing, get your hands dirty. And you right. eventually the questions will come to you uh, along the way. So, yeah. Mm. So like really just identifying what is your end goal and work and just like, just work towards the direction and just experiment with things, right? Because I think it's not a smooth journey in order to, uh, you know, get to that end goal. I think it's a lot of, you know, errors and failures in your codings, it's, it's really not that easy, right? Because personally also, you know, I've tried to learn programming, you know, I tried to take up a CS50 on, I think it was like, uh, what was it called? Harvard? Harvard EduX? Yeah, I tried that. I, uh, to be honest, I think I was just not determined enough. I felt, you know, I mean, I, I did not follow through with the, with the modules. I think I stopped at like class two or something. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it kind of, seg it kind of um, gets me to segue to another question, right? There are so many online courses right now um, regarding programming, right? There's like Coursera, there's um, the Harvard EduX, you know. How, how do you find the right course for you really? Like, yeah. Do you have any advice on that? This is a very good question. And unfortunately, a question I don't have an answer <laughs> to. I mean, at least not an easy answer yeah. to. Um, you're right. There, there, there's so many... Uh, avenues to, to, to learn now you could buy a um, you could go for a course in Khan Academy you could mm. buy a course on uh, what I call this uh, I mentioned Coursera EduX etc etc uh, you could even do an online course in in, in Harvard for example yeah. um, there is no good answer to this um, mm. how is this some I kind of review mm. or ratings that can make it more credible yeah, uh, but but you know, same way like Instagram and everything, people buy ratings. People they they're way to game the system, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but generally, yes, generally, um, a highly reviewed and uh, a well reviewed uh course, mm -hmm. you can't really go wrong. Right. Um, and to be and to be honest, when if you're starting out, <laughs> there's nothing to lose. Um, <laughs> there's really nothing to lose. You yeah. you might worry like, oh, am I learning the right foundations? Am I worried? It's, it doesn't matter. Honestly speaking, personally, I don't think it matters. Just like I mentioned, the important thing is that you have a goal. Mm -hmm. And then 
uh, all of these courses are just there to help you uh, unblock yourself getting to that goal. Again, mm. in this case, let's assume that making a to-do app. Mm. If this course has m- materials, you know, the course list has, a ma- has materials to um, help you reach that end game, then that course is worth it. That, that, that course is good. But if it doesn't, you know, like if you just bought a, a completely unrelated course for web development, when you're trying to do a mobile app, then obviously it's pointless, right? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you can, you can look at uh, reviews. You can, but the most important thing is ask yourself, what do you want at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And uh, try to align that to the course, uh, the course's outlines, you know, right. the, the table of contents. So yeah. I see. Okay, cool. Um, so another like common question, I guess, um, people would tend to ask, right? Like, do I have to be, do I have to be good at mathematics to to be a, to become a developer? Yeah. Um. Yes and no. Okay. So okay. So this is one of those things, you know. Like I say, don't sleep in class. Uh, I wish I was better at my fundamentals. Um, so you yeah. probably ever use mathematics, like. Probably five percent of the time when you're programming, okay. uh, but most of the time you you don't a- mm. at all. Like because, um, we are incredibly fortunate. We're living in the year, uh, well, relatively speaking, relatively fortunate. Uh, in, in the year twenty twenty one, right, where we have, we literally have the power of uh, an entire the NASA space program on our phone more than the NASA space program in the nineteen sixties. Uh, you know the Apollo missions mm-hmm. on our phone. We have more computing power on the phone. So with that leap in technology came a lot of, uh, you know, advancement in uh, how we write code as well. And a lot of the heavy lifting, a lot lot of the thinking or like uh, the math has been obscured or abstracted by uh, the works of the generations that has Mm. uh, preceded before us. Right. So generally, no, you don't, you don't mm. need to do it, but it, it, it will help uh, to, to, to know mathematics. Like for example, mm. if you're dealing with uh, like my company, Photobook, mm-hmm. if you're dealing with, uh, we're dealing with image, uh, most of the time we're dealing with images, how to mm. manipulate image and stuff like that. We, we do need to know some mathematic, uh, you know, uh, formulas and, you know, uh, concepts to be able to um, produce um, the, the results that we want in right. images so yeah so it really depends on no. what you work on is it exactly I see. exactly okay interesting yeah so basically right for us we've basically skipped through the hard work la, of mathematics and everything now we're, yes. we're, we're having the the easier life <laughs> exactly we 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 have our like our ancestors to thank for yeah yeah <laughs> okay okay interesting so yeah i mean it's good to have um, the fundamentals to uh, the mathematics fundamentals but it's not really that important in order to become a developer is that right okay all right um, so yeah speaking of like you know um, facing uh, frustra- uh, having frustration uh, having frustration when it comes to facing coding errors and such right uh, Maybe you could share about the longest time that you've been stuck with a coding problem. How did you feel about it? How did you work your way uh, around it? Yeah. Wow. Hmm. The longest time I've been stuck with programming. Yeah. So there, 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 there's a lot. <laughs> like I most imagine. of the time. Yeah. You know. Um. I would say probably the longest. Uh. In that I've ever been stuck on a problem is probably like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, this is like uh, trying to 
just that day in day out, just just trying to find a solution online, trying trying uh, trying out new things, new approaches. But generally, uh, as you the more experienced you become, you realize that some uh, tasks are just not worth the time invested in it. So generally, that's like, a, we call it time boxing, right? Um, we time box ourselves, like, okay, we give ourselves, say, one week to solve this problem. If it cannot be solved, and if it's not like mission critical, if, if there are higher priority things to do, because at the end of the day, you're working, you're working for a company, There's you're working with a timeline, you need to compromise things. Then you just, you have to throw it out the window. But the longest that I've ever been stuck with a problem is probably like one or two weeks. Uh, yeah. That is really long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's quite long. I've known people that have got stuck, especially if you're talking about big companies, you're talking like Google or like Facebook level or like, you know, even like uh, companies like AT&T, uh, Verizon, stuff like that. Their code is, their code base is so huge. Their, um, their product is so huge that just to fix a small little uh, tax or whatever could take you a week you know um, I, have, I have friends who work in this big uh, company that, that say yeah it's so hard to navigate through the code there's mm-hmm. so much things to, to, to know beforehand that it just takes you so long so yeah. it's not surprising to be honest do you spend most of the time on like troubleshooting or actually solving the code uh, they're one and the same to be honest uh because if you can identify the problem, the solution is usually easy. But mm. the problem is, and, and we get this a lot, you know, the a user will complain, oh, my app is slow. My app is not loading. To us, it's like, it could be a million things. What do you mean the app is not loading? Are you connected to the yes. internet? You know, like, uh, you know, yeah. so um, so that's why we, we, we um, the debugging part of it is usually the, the longest because you're trying mm. to find out what exactly is going on. So if we have users that, you know, give us the entire step-by-step reproduction of how, how they, they got to that problem, that is, they are a, the ideal user to a programmer. It's like, oh, perfect. I can, yeah. you know, it's, it's reproducible. It's not just slow. <laughs> slow means nothing to me. You know, it's like, it could be a million things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's not helpful enough, right? Oh, it's, it's slow, helpful. but yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and sometimes, like I've heard, right, like sometimes it could be just missing out on like a semicolon in your code. That's what makes it like, oh, okay, so that is the problem, right? It's, it, it must be quite frustrating, right? It, it is. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. how, how did you, like, how, how, how do you work with that frustration? That's what I'm curious about, I think. Uh, personally yeah. I, st- I mean I still get that on a daily basis you know mm-hmm. I still do that on a daily basis like oh I f- forgot amateur mistakes you know like oh I've completely forgotten this line that that, that that makes everything work you know or like in the case of semicolon nowadays not so much semicolon because okay. uh, modern languages don't really use that as much anymore but um, yeah how I deal with it I just slap my head like idiot <laughs> you know it's you like... also have like a yellow duck I heard that's also a very um, helpful tool right yes oh you're familiar yeah we yeah. Uh, so to those that don't know uh, what Seating mentioned is called rubber, rubber ducking rubber um, duck right yeah yeah it's, um, it's an actual practice uh, not just in software development but I think it's popularized in software development where you buy a actual rubber duck put it in front of your desk and whenever you have problems you talk to that duck, right? Yeah. And, and and you you just explain your problem to the duck. So I used to I used to do that. Like I had a, a rubber duck called Bob. 
and I I would just stare at Bob and like, hey Bob, I'm oh. I'm facing this problem. I I can't I can't load this uh, particular list. Um, what what's the problem? I tried doing this. I tried doing that. And the more I talk, you know, and like, oh wait, I've I've forgotten I've forgotten this little thing. Let me try that out. Oh, it works now. Wow. Okay. So so yeah, we do do that. But that rubber ducking can't help. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, the semicolon mistakes. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it helps. Uh, helps you debug faster. It helps you uh validate your your thoughts. Mm. Do you have it with you now? Do you mind sh- uh you know showing it to us? N- not not anymore. I don't. No, I, don't, I, don't, don't oh, I don't have. Okay. I don't have. I don't have a Expert already. Don't need already. No, no. <laughs> I, I I have this instead. This small little. Uh, oh, it's a panda. Yeah, it's a essentially a tanuki. Yeah, it's like okay. a. A Japanese panda. I, I had this when I was in Japan. So this was my spirit animal, uh, uh, my 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 companion during my you know right. work from home and coding. Uh, I see. So, so yeah. you talk to it, lah. Yeah, yeah. I talk to it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. You know, when I read about it, I was like, okay, very interesting. Like you're very, very weird. Yeah, very weird. A but... little bit, but I mean, if it helps, why not, right? Yeah. Helps, yeah. Helps. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, um, so we've talked about, you know, um, the hard times that you've had as a developer. Why don't we also talk about your achievement? So what is your product's achievement um, being a developer? Mm. Um, one of the proudest ones uh, mm-hmm. until today is that uh, back in my first company, we, we, had a, we built an, uh, essentially an, a code generation tool mm-hmm. uh, that essentially generates the code for 50% of the application with a click of a button. Of course, you have to do some configuration and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, once the configuration is done, you can just generate the code without really having to code. Because here's the thing about uh, programming. Uh, mm-hmm. It is a pretty, re- it can be a very repetitive job, mm-hmm. you know, um, you're just writing the same patterns day in, day out. So as a programmer, what we do is we identify patterns and we make sure that it is only uh, we only have to uh, do it once, essentially. Just copy this pattern once and we never have to ever, you know, copy, paste, copy, paste. We just call this little uh, handy method and get it done, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we try to modularize, we try to generalize things as much as possible. And that tool that me and my colleagues in the past have uh, built together, that probably still uh, is one of the most, um, I would say, Im- Im- uh, impressive technical feat, you know, that, that, that I'm still proud of um, mm. after today. So, yeah. I see. Cool. All right. Um, okay. So, would you also mind sharing, like, what do you think of, uh, what do you think of the career prospects as a programmer in the coming years? Mm. Mm. Um, I think it's especially apparent uh, these days with, uh, with COVID, right? Uh, with the advent of remote work. Um, the, and, and as you mentioned yourself, everything is being digitalized, right? Um, and therefore, people uh, are seeing the value of uh, embracing uh, the digital world because companies back then that, that did not believe in remote work are now full on yes. remote, right? So, uh, and as a programmer, your job is completely virtual. I, I can't remember the last time I picked up a pencil. Can yeah. you still write? <laughs> I, 
good question i don't i don't think so <laughs> i don't know probably very ugly but yeah um so uh the the, the field is lucrative uh that's that, that's for sure there are plenty of opportunities technology is always growing right uh what with you know uh whether you're going in as a as a creative person right mm-hmm. no, it's not just a programmer even if you're a ui ux designer if you are a uh, product manager if you are a uh, tester even the field is just going to get bigger because more and more people are demanding for digital products. Um, uh, of course, you know, we, we hear like, you know, the, the insane salaries that, that the Silicon Valley uh, offers, right? Com- uh, companies in the, in the Valley offer to, to people and stuff like that. And um, yes, but it also comes with its, you know, drawbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. So if, if you were to, to join this field just because, you know, oh, it's very lucrative, it's very uh, what... Uh, you might not, you know, join with caution, proceed mm-hmm. with caution, because uh, you often find people f- uh, finding programming not to be what they thought it was. It mm-hmm. is usually, a, like I mentioned, a lot of uh, head scratching, a lot of staring at the monitor, not doing anything. It's uh, rather just thinking, you know, trying to try, try problem solve. And a lot of meetings as well. You'd be surprised okay. how, yeah. how much meetings a developer have. Uh, I mean, you can just go to YouTube, um, just Google, you know, day in the life of a software engineer, Silicon Valley, whatever, you know, uh, they have so many meetings, it's, it's insane. Uh, so um, it, there, are, there are pro and cons. If you want to develop your career, uh, it, it, or rather if you're asking if there's a career in software development, 100%, of course, it's going to be a software, uh, there's going to be a career there. And mm-hmm. I believe there it will continue uh, to be a career in software development because uh, people is going to need more software mm-hmm. now more than ever uh, and in the years to come. And, you know, yeah, um, there is definitely a growing field. Mm, I see. That's good. That's very good to hear. Great news uh, to all the people who are interested, you know, stepping into a digital career. Um, any last advice for uh, people who would like to pursue, uh, you know, in this career path of uh, software engineering? Yeah, um, it's um, it's not an an easy field to break into uh, because of the uh, you know the sheer technical knowledge uh, required. However, like I've also mentioned, you don't need a degree to. Mm to be in this field. You don't need a uh, formal training to be in this field. Anybody can pick up uh, uh, a course or like I mentioned, just have a goal, set a goal, do something. Um, and once you do it, you prob- you're going to have a portfolio. And tr- trust me, even for the book, we have hired, we multiple times have hired people from a completely different field that pivoted uh, from you know, mm. uh, in my team we had a person who was a uh, uh, interior designer. Oh, sorry, an architect that pivoted into into software engineering and an iOS developer. We've had uh, people who were in you know uh, marketing uh, that that pivoted into uh, uh, programming as well. Wow. And and if you if you like I mentioned earlier, you know, asking the right question, having the right attitude, having the right soft skill, you will learn very fast. Um, I would like to believe that, uh, especially in the modern age now, uh, in the recent years, uh, programmers have been a bit more, uh, 
cultured and developed in, in terms of our social skills uh, okay. that that we are friendlier to our you know to our um juniors yes. to our <laughs> um, to our fellow colleagues you know we, we are not you know people always tell, oh programmers are like awkward people that do not know how to communicate <laughs> uh it can be true it can be true you know mm. but uh you know that's that's a stereotype yeah, and, yeah. You know, stereotypes aren't necessarily always true yeah i mean uh, look at you you're you're speaking so well <laughs> I, mean, I mean yeah, yeah i have I don't know. It's like, I feel like I ramble quite a bit. But um, yeah, the point being is that, uh, you know, anybody that wants to try out software engineering, just give it a shot. Um, set a goal um, and ask questions. Mm. Ask the right questions, you know, learn how, to write or, uh, learn how to ask the right questions. And eventually you will find yourself uh, in a position in this field, I, I feel. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Jason. Uh, that was very, very insightful. I guess uh, that's all the questions uh, you know, I'll have for you today, maybe more in the future. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone's interested to speaking to Jason, please feel free to book uh, him for a mentoring session on Future Lab. Uh, reach out to him, look at him. He's intelligent and friendly. He'll be more than happy to help you out. Yes. So thank you very much. Um, yeah, uh, I guess we'll see you again, Jason. Yep. See you again, Siting. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.